This is the Toasted Sister Podcast, radio about indigenous food. I'm the creator, producer, and host, Andy Murphy. Thank you for listening to this episode and taking time to listen to Native food stories. So before I get into this episode, I have a quick announcement. Indigipop X in Albuquerque, New Mexico is coming up very soon. It's March 25th to the 29th, and it's all about indigenous pop culture. So Native creatives, including food creatives like myself, are coming together to showcase our contemporary Native culture through food, art, comic books, music technology, and more. And I'll be involved in a couple of ways. I'll be doing a cooking demo, a talk about podcasting, and a live broadcast of the Toasted Sister podcast, and that's on Saturday, March 28th. And at this live broadcast, I'll be accompanied by C.W. Ione, who will play the intro and outro music live. So you do not want to miss this. I'm so excited about that one. So go to indigipopx.com for more information and for tickets. And you can follow me on social media for updates, too. All right, now on to this special episode featuring Alana Yazi, the fancy Navajo. She's got awesome style and a bubbly personality. So here we are in her home in Queen Creek, Arizona. Hi everyone, I yat a she Alana Yazi Yenishia Tutzoni Nishle Tatnesani Bajin Tabadashche Kiani Dashinale. my name is Alana Yazi and I am a lifestyle and food blogger. I go by the fancy Navajo and uh, I'm a contemporary Dine uh, woman living in the city and I share that on my social media. All right. And you're related to me clan wise. I'm Kiaani. <laughs> All right. So tell me a little bit about the fancy Navajo. Okay. Yeah. So it is a lifestyle and food blog uh, that I started in, I believe, 2014. Uh, but basically, it follows along my life as, like I said, a contemporary enough woman living in the city and um, just what I'm doing, what I'm up to, uh, most importantly, what I'm eating and what I'm making in my kitchen. And, you know, I just share all sorts of stuff. Uh, from what I'm buying in the stores, uh, things that are that I'm interested in, and my travels. So, who are uh, some of your, some of your followers? So, a lot of my followers uh, are in the Southwest, uh, specifically here local to the Phoenix area. Uh, a majority of them are Native American, uh, being Navajo, of course. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, they're they're all types of people, uh, mostly Native Americans. Uh, they come from all over the place. I think the farthest followers I have are maybe like in Alaska, Alaska, and Singapore. Um, I think the Singapore one might be someone who's maybe like in the army or something, or they're <laughs> out there um, who might be Native. Uh, but that's just that's just a guess. But yeah, all over the place and. And, you know, it's just anyone who's looking to, you know, reconnect with their Navajo culture or, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, the Navajo culture as well. Where did the name uh, Fancy Navajo come from? 
So it actually came from the people that follow me on Instagram. Uh, so when I first started my Instagram, I didn't I wasn't the fancy Navajo, so I had a different name, uh, but uh, it just kind of came about on its own. People started to notice what type of things I was posting, uh, but what I think really set off people was one time I made a Navajo taco, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so fancy, and I was like, what do you mean it's fancy? <laughs> and uh, they were just like describing it, they're like, my Navajo tacos don't look like that, and so after a while, it just I just put two and two, and two together, fancy Navajo. And who does uh, your photography? Do you do your photography? I mean, it's very, um, it's very bright. I mean, maybe that's where Fancy Navajo came from is because all of your food photos and all your photos are pretty gorgeous. Yeah, so I actually do a lot of my own photography, especially the food photography. Uh, and I do that in my kitchen. We're currently in my kitchen right now over here by this lovely window. It gets uh, very good lighting. And, you know, it's just something that I, I developed a skill for since I started and where I am now. Like sometimes I'll take a look at the pictures from when I first started and to now and you can see like a big difference. Uh, but any of like my full photography where it's my full body, usually it's my friend uh, Jennifer Hubble. She takes my pictures and we have like a similar uh, style in photography where it's very bright, happy and light. So, um, but anytime someone takes my pictures, I do credit them um, in, in the photo. So if you ever wonder who's taking the photo, uh, just check the, the de- caption section and it'll tell you if someone else took it. But if it doesn't, then it was me. So so you have on the Fancy Navajo website um, a couple of recipes for um, foods. Can you list some of those uh, recipes on um, your website? Yeah, so the number one recipe I have on there is Fancy Navajo Blue Corn Cupcakes. So a lot of people uh, come to me for recipes where there's kind of a native, uh, kind of like native fusion types of foods. Those are the types of foods that I like to make. So kind of just remixing some of like my childhood favorites. So I think that's why Fancy Navajo Blue Corn Cupcakes is like one of the top most top viewed recipes there is. Uh, the second most favorite recipe is Fancy Navajo Magic Bread, and that's just learning how to make um, tortillas, uh, biscuits, and fry bread from one dough, because, you know, that, that's how our moms make, make bread. Um, and the third one, the most popular one, is a green chili recipe. It's a biscuit and green chili gravy recipe. Nice. And so um, you're drawing from your childhood. And then um, where else does uh, some of this creativity come from for these um, uh, recipes? I know you had one a while ago. I wanted to try it. It was um, uh, Navajo boba tea. Yeah. So a lot of uh, these recipes kind of come from when I was growing up. And just like I said, like food that I had when I was little that I really enjoyed. And I feel like sometimes we get in this rut of thinking like this is the only way food is supposed to be made, especially when it comes to native food. But, you know, we're we've grown since then. And, you know, we should try to make different foods from our childhood favorites. So that's kind of how the fancy Navajo boba almond milk tea came from. Um, I was just finding a new way of drinking Navajo tea. And a lot of my recipes uh, are from my husband as well. Like we'll be sitting here at our kitchen table and we'll be talking and we'll just be saying like, oh, what if we do this? What if we do that? That'd be really awesome. And, you know, I'll make it and he's my taste tester. So after I make it, he gets to try everything that I make. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for the most part, it does. 
and uh, it's usually not making huge uh, changes to existing recipes. It's just adding like what I call like a little fancy Navajo twist to make it a little extra special. What's one that did not work out? Um, so I've been really wanting to find new ways to use, um, chief chin or sumac berry, uh, but it's a very, like, if anyone's ever had it, it's a very, uh, sour, bitter tasting type of ingredient to use. And so I've been really wanting to make cookies work with them, kind of like lemon cookies, but it, it's just not quite there yet. And I, I've been messing around with it for maybe about almost a year and a half. And I'm just like, maybe, maybe that's not supposed to be a thing. Uh, so just, I don't know, but I'm stubborn and I just want to keep trying till I perfect it. Yeah. But well, that's cool. I can't wait for that one to come out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> um, so t- tell me about, um, you know, why it's important for you to highlight food in this way with your beautiful photography um, on social media with your thousands of followers? I think it's really important for me because when I first started on social media and maybe just growing up in general, like I felt like I've never connected to anyone like me. And And, you know, like, it's just sharing, you know, the things that I like. Like, I'm very bright, happy, cheery. I like colorful things. I like, you know, I like fancy things. And, you know, I never really saw that growing up. So with social media now, you know, we have the abilities to tell our own stories and the way we see them. And I think a lot of people resonate with the fancy Navajo, uh, that they see something that, that, that looks like them, that, you know, that they really like because in the past, past there really hasn't been something like that you know a lot of times Native Americans are put in a a bad light that you know they're all this negativity and you know sadness and yeah that is part of our culture but you know there is this other part of our lives that you know we're we're happy we're resilient you know we're doing all these wonderful things and you know I'm I'm happy that I'm able to take a space in you know the social media world to highlight my world and you know what it means to be fancy navo you know you mentioned you know growing up um where are you from and um tell me about tell me about your um upbringing so I am originally from the four corners I grew up in a little town called Fruitland New Mexico I lived there pretty much all through a high school and, you know, it's a small farming town. Um, next to it is actually a town called Farmington. Um, so I kind of grew up in this agricultural background, which I'm kind of, I kind of like pinch myself, right? I think about it like I should have been more appreciative of the area I lived in when I was younger (laughs) because back then I was not into agriculture. I wasn't into any of that. And now as an adult living here in Phoenix, I've really gotten uh, really involved into home gardening. And, you know, it's one of my most favorite things that I do now. And I'm just like, wow, why did it take me so long to do that? Um so I grew up in this farming town and, you know, a lot of people plant different a variety of crops. They raise their own animals. Uh, growing up, we did have a couple of animals that we raised and we did, we did uh, plant some corn one year and some squash, but I think it was only for one year. Um, but growing up, I've always, uh, been around food a lot. Uh, so as as far as I can remember, I've always loved food. I've always wanted to learn cooking food. Uh, I think 
as young as probably the age of five, like I really wanted to cook on the stove. <laughs> but who's going to let a five-year-old cook on a stove? Um, and you know, just always asking my mom questions about how do you make this, how do you make that. And then I also have an older brother who is really into baking. And I think together they just kind of, you know, fed into my passion of cooking and eating and trying new things. So that's really kind of been the background of like, you know, what holds uh, the fancy Navajo together and, you know, how I want to continue it is sharing that knowledge that I have from my family. Tell me about when uh, you went off to college. I've interviewed you before for a piece um, for Civil Eats magazine. So, um, you know, back then you were talking about, um, you know, how is it? it was important for you to, you know, sort of broaden your palate outside of the the reservation. And like, for me, like, I think that was like, so important to just be exposed to other foods and have that kind of freedom, um, you know, as a college student to be eating wherever you wanted. If you were curious, you could go and get it. So growing up, my mom always told me to never uh, at least try something once. Um, but you know, back at home, uh, in the Four Corners area, you know, you're limited on the types of foods that you're, um, that are available for you to try. And, you know, growing up, we ate a lot of simple foods, you know, affordable foods that, you know, uh, my parents could afford. And when I went off to college, you know, like you said, you have the freedom and ability to try different things. And, uh, I made a lot of friends with, people from different cultures and different backgrounds and so of course was like I want to try your food and in return they were also passionate about food so they you know showed me all these different things um I had a friend uh, she was from Indonesia and she loved food we became best friends really quickly and she kind of went on this uh hunt to have me try like authentic Asian foods (laughs) so we had all types of Asian foods and it was kind of like one of those eye-opening things like where you don't realize that there's different uh, types of Asian food. Like, you know, I think what most people are, are like they know is like maybe Chinese food, but then there's like Japanese, uh, Taiwanese, and like all these different foods. So I, I, I was able to try different things. And another friend of mine, she was Filipino. Uh, she also shared a couple of favorites with her. And we actually became friends over... I think it's corned beef. Yeah. (laughs) So I remember it was our freshman year in college and um, I could smell corned beef in the air. And like, you know, as like a lonely freshman homesick, I was like, "Mm, why does that smell so good? And I could just hear all these other girls like, like, ew, that's so gross. Like, what are you eating? And I popped my head in. I'm like, what are you making? Is that what is that? And she said, it's corned beef. And like, we both got really excited, and I was like, oh my gosh, can I have some? And it was so funny, she had a rice maker in her dorm, <laughs> so we had um, rice and corned beef together, and, you know, I don't know, I've just been fortunate to ha- to be around people who enjoy food, and, you know, not only try their their foods from their own cultures, but kind of see the similarities between, you know, my Navajo culture and like, you know, foods I grew up and, you know, knowing that other people eat the same things. Like, I really like all the similarities in that. And, you know, like, I'll I'll try something at least once and, you know, and see if it tastes good or not. For the most part, it always tastes good. So. 
Um, what's maybe one dish or one um, ingredient that you um, tasted maybe around that time that kind of really changed your mind about, um, you know, all the culture behind food? I don't know if I can think of any, like, right off the top of my head. But I think, like, maybe just the similarities that we have with, like, using, like, blue corn. Mm. I think one of the the big realizations I had, maybe not in college, but um, maybe more so, like, when I started working right out of college, um, was just learning that, you know, different cultures have, like, different uses for blue corn. Like, we have it as for, like, you know, blue corn mush, but, you know, like, uh, atole for, like, uh, the Mexicans and... You know, just even like fry bread in general, uh, just learning how different cultures kind of have their own version of it, of like some type of deep fried dough was another realization. Probably that would go back to college where I realized like, okay, like, you know, this is like fry bread. Um, I wish I could remember all of their names, but I don't know. It's just really cool to be like, oh, wow, like that's so similar. <laughs> and it's not, we're not as different as we, we think we are. Um, I think another one might be maybe just the use of spam and corned beef. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't realize, like, how popular it was. But uh, just those little realizations were like, oh, yeah, like, we have we have some more similarities and differences. Have you always been the fancy Navajo? I mean, what what were you doing before um, you started the, the, the blog? So <laughs> this might be a shock to everyone, but I was very anti-social media before the Fancy Navajo. I I don't know. I just didn't see a point. Maybe it's because I was just a really stressed out college student at the time. And so it really wasn't uh, my thing to, to share things. Uh, kind of really spouted off after uh, me and my husband got married. And uh, I did all of the decorations for the wedding and like planning it. And a lot of my close friends were like, you should be sharing this with people like this is really cool. And I was like, eh, nah, I don't I don't think so. Like, I don't think people will be interested. And, you know, I didn't really want to put myself out there because, you know, there's always that thought like, what if someone doesn't like what you're doing? And, you know, it's the Internet. It's scary. And. You know, I was like, no, I'm never going to do this. But after I think maybe a year, maybe half a year later, I started to feel a little lonely because, you know, all of the madness with like a wedding, you're kind of busy concentrating on that. And then, you know, you settle into your life and I was like bored and I was bored and I would be waiting for my husband to get off work because we would carpool. And so I would just like start exploring the local area. And like I would go into these like little boutiques or these little food places to pick us up food. And I just started sharing it one day. I was like on Instagram. I was like, there are all these people out here who do similar things, but they're doing it like in an artsy way. And you can kind of be anonymous about it. So it's not as scary. And I just fell in love with it. I think just the artistic part of sharing a photo and, you know, just through that, like it's, it's been amazing, like to see how much it's grown. Like I've never thought that, you know, the fancy Navajo would be like where it is today. You know, we hear this all the time, you know, social media is such a powerful tool. Um, how, how do you see it being a powerful tool in Native America? So I, I think 
Uh, like what I said earlier, like the ability to share our own stories is, I think, the most powerful thing with social media these days. Because, you know, in the past, you know, people have only known natives through, you know, books that were written by, you know, uh, Caucasian authors or, you know, people who weren't natives. And, you know, we really didn't have a voice. But with social media, anyone can create their own account. And, you know, it's just really awesome to see all these different uh, native businesses, other bloggers, other podcasters uh, like you just like come out in the last couple of years. Like before that, I don't think there was hardly any, uh, especially like when I started, there was mainly just like it was. I'm sorry, social media was limited to just either you were an artist or you were somehow uh, promoting a business of some sort. But it was never just like fun, like fun topics other than that. And it's just really cool. Like, I don't know, like I kind of almost want to experience college again like with 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 social media so i could see like oh like you know i'm not as lonely as i think like i don't miss home as much as i thought i did or you know you could just hop on social media and you know connect with someone in a different part of the world and just you know feel a little bit more connected i think it's really opened the doors to allowing us to see uh, different perspectives of people and, you know, people are able to highlight what they're awesome at, which I think is so cool. So you highlight a lot of uh, Native businesses. Uh, Why is that important to you to highlight Native businesses and Native aesthetics? Because I I love Native, Native businesses. I love supporting my local communities and, you know, I think growing up, it's something I probably took for granted in the sense that, you know, I probably didn't appreciate living in an area where, you know, I could just go down to like the Shiprock Flea Market and purchase all of these awesome jewelry, arts and crafts pieces. Um, But here in Phoenix, um, yeah, there is like a a Native American community here. But, you know, there are all these other places to shop and it's like, well, I want to give my money to the the Native American businesses because, you know, I know the importance of supporting your community and, um, you know, making sure those dollars go to someone who needs it. Um, on the flip side of that, there are a lot of people who don't know where they can find certain things, like especially here in Phoenix. And so I usually try to highlight uh, businesses that I come across here in the Valley, uh, as well as when I travel, uh, because a lot of Native businesses, they're, I feel like they're still a little bit new to social media, especially like in the, the arts and crafts sides of things. And it's just really awesome to just share those things with them and you know they feel a little bit more connected through connected to their culture when they see those things so they get really excited especially if it's something new and different that they've never seen before i'm always surprised when like people respond to something like they really like it and you're like wow that's so cool (laughs) and you know in return it helps um the native businesses as well to get their their products out there and get a little bit um well i can't even talk well known in the community and you know all of the interactions i make are by people who you know i've become friends with and you know i 
I support what they do and they make just really, uh, really neat things that, that are, that are, that are different and they're, they're fancy Navajo. Um, you know, for, for the small businesses, um, you know, you just said that, you know, some of them maybe don't have a strong enough, um, social media presence. I mean, what's maybe one or two tips that you would give somebody, an entrepreneur, um, about, you know, social media and having that presence there? I would say if you're not on social media, like you are really missing out on an opportunity to connect with people. Because if you think about it, all of us have our phones in our hands. Like we're constantly scrolling. We're looking at something. We're either, you know, looking at something or we're on social media, browsing on Facebook or Instagram. So if you're not on social media, you're really missing an opportunity to, you know, gain a community or, you know, gain uh, customers who, you know, may want to buy your products. And it's not as scary as a lot of people make it seem. Uh, it's, it's just, you just got to get used to it. And if you're scrolling through Facebook every day, you, it's easy for you to just make an Instagram or Facebook account and kind of just add photos in and give updates to your products because what I'm noticing now is a lot of people share their purchases online. And even when I do it, just like normal people, like non-bloggers, they're sharing the things that they buy and people are like, where did you buy it? Where did you buy it? And it's always so difficult when you can't direct them either to a website or a social media page. And you're like, oh, I got it from Cindy at the flea market. <laughs> and, you know, that's all information I can give them. But, you know, just just learn on learn up on it. Um, if you're not savvy with social media, I'm sure someone has like a niece, a nephew, someone younger just sitting around there who would be more than happy to set up an account for you and just show you the basics of it. And you don't need any fancy cameras like our cameras on our phones are just fine. <laughs> and just, you know, just learning about how you can use that in your your business to help, you know, put put you out there a little bit more so so where can we find you on all the socials or or what yeah so you can find me on my website thefancynavajo.com and it's the because i'm not just any fancy navajo i'm the fancy navajo so thefancynavajo.com you can also find me on instagram at the fancy navajo as well as facebook at the fancy navajo blog um, i'm also on twitter and pinterest at the fancy navajo um, if you like to use those two other accounts but i'm not as active on those last two <laughs> but if you're on instagram that's where i usually am um, at the fancy Nancy Navajo and I share a lot of things on my Instagram stories that people really like. It's kind of like more the behind the scenes of the Fancy Navajo and um, if anyone's interested in my recipes you can find those on thefancynavajo.com If you want to support Toasted Sister Podcast, tell all your friends about this show. Tell your neighbors and drop links in your ex's Facebook page and into your boss's email. Tell everybody that this show is about Native food and stories are from Native chefs, farmers, foodies, and people working in this Native food movement. All right? Okay. 
Toasted Sister is supported by the Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation. It plays regularly on The River, that's R-I-V-R, Rising Indigenous Voices Radio, on KCZY, that's Navajo Technical University's radio station, and on KGLP in Gallup, New Mexico, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. And intro music and outro music was created by CWION. Check out this band's music on Bandcamp and on CWION.com. That's C-W-A-Y-O-N.com. And thank you for listening. I'm Andy Murphy.